0: welcome to wobblies and wizards i'm your host logar the barbarian joined by our guest today Watt. they're the author of cloud empress welcome what
1: hey how's it going
0: it's going good. I, I'd like to know what exactly is Cloud Empress?
1: Yeah, so Cloud Empress is a um, mothership setting and hack. So it's it makes some deviation on the traditional mothership one-e rule set that's going to be coming out in the next quarter or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a rules hack and a setting, and the setting is based on a sort of far future earth, thousands of years in the future where the world has sort of been taken over by giant psychic cicadas. So these giant psychic <laughs> cicada beings have sort of become <laughs> the new owners of the earth and and we're all just kind of living in it.
0: Excellent. So I, I want to know about the hack part. What is it that you're deviating from the basic mothership rule set with? How are you yeah. changing it up?
1: Yeah. So I, I, I really like mothership, big fan of it, but there are just a couple things that I really prefer, in, in when I DM or, or warden the game, and so some of the the rules changes. You know, the the main reasons for the rules changes are wanted to evoke the science fantasy setting. Essentially, I wanted to do magic and mothership. I I just love (laughs) um, being a wizard or or magician and in different games. And so I was like, how can we fit this in? And obviously, there's um, a long history of science fantasy, Star Wars, um, Warhammer, a bunch of other things. Dune is a really big inspiration in particular. So how can I put magic into a mothership setting that I think is interesting and makes sense and, and has good gameplay? And so First, redid the character sheets just to kind of evoke that science fantasy feel. Obviously, Mothership has a lot of really specific skills to the the setting it's trying to create or the sort of in, implied setting. Yeah. So changed a lot of skills. I changed the stats to mind, heart, strength, and speed. And so the heart skill is really the sort of spellcasting skill um, for that or stat, I should say. And then changed some of the saves around to reality, fear, and body and then did a bit of changing around with uh, created a magic system, and then one of the big changes that I'm I'm really excited and has been going well in, in play testing has been changing the um, damage system. So I, I just don't like rolling twice for for damage. So this is a um, automatic hit system that that I got from Frontier Scum, a really cool book um, set in. Oh the- yes. Yeah, so that's a super cool book, but using the same kind of system where where ranged weapons sort of automatically hit unless it's a difficult shot or something's going on and then including exploding dice for critical hits.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. Nice.
1: So it really speeds up combat and I think really emphasizes that fragility. Any character is is really a, a couple mistakes away from death and I think that really for me creates a lot of unique gameplay experiences
0: so i'm gonna ask like i tell me could you tell me a little bit about your your history with sure. gaming your experience your background and whatnot I'm curious yeah. to learn a little bit more of that
1: yeah so i have a, a... You know, longer history in gaming, but pretty new to the role playing scene, and and mm-hmm. it's been kind of interesting running into other people who have gotten into. My story is really getting into creating role playing games through the pandemic, and so I really started playing a lot more role playing games and designing role playing games about a year ago now, and, and and sort of hit the ground running. And I've heard that story a couple times, <laughs> just maybe folks in lockdown are, are wondering what we can do. And but my my experience with gaming. Really got into Magic the Gathering when I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know how to play, but I just wanted the big creatures. So I was kind of a green (laughs) player and always getting that, you know, where's the 8-8, the 11-11, you know, the Baryxian Dreadnought, that kind of stuff. Got into Mage Knight, you know, some of the collectible stuff. And um, board gaming was was a big thing for me in middle school and high school, playing a lot of Risk um, 2210. Axis and Allies Catan, those kind of things. I got into role-playing game, you know, role-playing game gaming a little bit in sort of middle school, high school. I bought um 3.5 and kind of got some of those books and would read through them, but never really found the right group to play with. And I think one of the things about my gaming history is that I felt like I needed a rule for everything in order to <laughs> be able to be a game master, be a DM. Like, what's the rule? What's the right stat? Like, I needed you know, a monster manual to, to create, you know, to find the right monster. And I had to use what was in the book. And so when I did start playing um, role-playing games with a group, it was Pathfinder because again, Pathfinder has like a rule for everything. And so, you know, <laughs> yes, what's, <it> how, does. <laughs> how, what's the rule for how long it takes to take off armor? You know, those kind of things, because I, I think as a game master, I was just really uncomfortable making roles on my own and playing with a lot of sort of power gamers yeah. So they were trying to exploit whatever system I was in, they were trying to figure out how to take advantage of dual wielding and, and all those sorts of things. And so I think the real change for me was started designing um, board games and got really into board game design, spent many years doing that, you know, three to five years doing that without much success. So moved over to role playing games, but got into questing beast, the the YouTube series by Ben Milton and started you know just reading osr stuff with no intention to play it but like i said once the pandemic hit i i I just thought hey i've got this creativity kind of bottled up and and wanted to start creating sort of osr like games or or rules like games yeah so that's kind of my my journey through that
0: i'm curious what attracted you to that that osr realm of things
1: like i said having come from a space where i wanted to roll from for everything. One of the things that was appealing about some uh, Electric Bastion, some of the, the OSR stuff was just that it, it it didn't have many rules. And yes, as I imagine becoming a busy adult, like if I was ever going to get a regular group together or play more, it was going to have to be a system that had less rules. The other piece was, I think I've sort of moved into a space that, that focuses more around telling interesting stories, compelling mm-hmm. stories, and less about you know the, the people I play with, the stories I want to explore are less around um, taking advantage of a rule system or combining skills into an interesting way. For me, computer gaming and and you know console gaming, those kind of things have taken the space for some of the like power gaming urges I have and, and some of my friends have.
0: So I I'd like to know your your. uh we talked a bit about your gaming background. What about your creative, like, like, like? Are you who who's doing the art in all of these? Who's helping you? Or is it just all you, or how are?
1: Yeah, are you yeah. Them? Um, so I thought of myself as a creative person for a while. I'm doing most of the writing for mm-hmm. the book. Um, I'm commissioning some pamphlets, so pamphlet adventures that are going to yes. go along with it, which will be really neat. But I do my do some of the artwork. One of the things was there were certain things that I I just. I, I saw um there's a group called Catapulca. They're they're two artists. Um, some of the work by Logan Stahl. There's there's some really cool artists that I've I've followed for a little while, and and I st- suddenly started to see their commissions open up, which is sort of rare for some artists. And so I saw, oh my gosh, these artists are open and available. So I started to commission some of the core pieces, and then we'll be doing some of the supplemental art for myself, but mm-hmm. it's been interesting using somebody else's artwork as sort of a springboard for some sort of creative topics. And I think one of the things that I really try to do in cloud empress is, is tell my artists to make stuff really weird, which I know you'll probably <laughs> appreciate, but like, let's make this look like something you've never seen before. Let's make this, a lot of things are really like ornate and strange. The world in cloud empress is, is far in the future. And, and it's sort of a, uh, a desolate earth i mean there's there's a lot of nature but most of the the people who you know currently live on earth have probably left they've gone to space and so it's the people that couldn't leave and so there's just a lot of stuff around so there's not a lot of need to create things um it, it's sort of a retrograde society where the the previous civilizations were very technologically advanced and and a lot of that knowledge has been lost so people are really using those tools and holding on to them treasuring them. One of the things that I really want to explore in Cloud Empress and in my work is thinking about ecological themes, the environment. And so thinking about a world that doesn't need to be as materialistic, um, can you know sort of um, live more in harmony with our environment. That was something I wanted to explore in this, this book in particular too.
0: Oh, I'm curious to know a little bit more about that. That sounds interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, one of the things that is a real big touchstone for for my creativity and and for this book in particular is a lot of the work of Hayao Miyazaki which definitely has a, a nature element to his work some shintoism some other things but
0: okay, for and who is that exactly
1: So he's the um director of uh, uh Spirited Away was one of his big films um Nasica in okay. the Valley of the Wind mm-hmm. he also did um Howl's Moving Castle I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of his other works um Porco Rosso. So he's done a number of um, Japanese animated films that have been brought over um, to the West and have been pretty popular. But his um work that most influenced me was actually one of his his first feature film. And it's called Nausicaä and the Valley of the Wind. And it's sort of an, an inspiration, takes a heavy inspiration from Dune, in that it's this world that's sort of ravaged by these spores and and giant, they're called Ohm, but these sort of giant Nautilus kind of mm-hmm. creatures. And so surviving in this poison world but i think a lot of his work really focuses on resiliency and surviving in a world that is is becoming less um hospitable to human life and so that's something i'm really trying to explore in in, and i think dune really set up a lot of that obviously with some of the ecological settings and imagining ecosystem
0: (laughs) yeah that that's that's that dune that dune is it's is quite a book yes <laughs> it's quite yeah. a book i i think
1: i i the only way i got through a book on book on cd so that's been <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: see i i i read it when i was in high school and and i read the first like two books and i will be i i didn't i didn't get through much further than that i attempted to pick up more but i i've i've always said it's it, it's kind of like canoeing through mud <laughs> but God. so is lord of the rings as well <laughs> there, there there's a lot of cool stuff in there but it's not like like i recently read the expanse books in the last couple mm. of years and i those, blew through those those in two are page seconds. turners yeah yeah it's just like you're you're moving through but those doom books do not go that quick <laughs> and
1: and that's something i'm really thinking about with role-playing game design and Cloud Empress in particular, I'm making a unique world for people to explore using the mothership system by and large. And so one of the things I'm really thinking about is, is how to make it lore light. What I mean by that is making a world or a setting that you understand through gameplay and interaction. Mm-hmm. One of my pet peeves sometimes I sometimes it's fun to read but a lot of times I find it a little bit boring because I'm not sure what to do with it is is opening up a role-playing game book and then there is a five page timeline of events there's 20 pages of of setting <laughs> lore you know we let's go back to the the dawn of time and and track the civilization through the, that time period I think that stuff you know can be interesting if it's the right topic but for me A lot of my gameplay and and game design inspirations are really, how can I tell a story about the world through a particular NPC? How can I share more about the history of this world through a particular weapon or a particular spell? And so using those in-game elements that people are going to touch and use to show the world rather than a long explanation in a manual that your players probably aren't going to be interested in.
0: Yeah, and that was kind of the approach that um like into the odd and electric bastion land kind of used at 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 putting it out there, whereas like the stuff like I grew up with, like uh, the Rifts books and stuff like that from Palladium, System shot. It was just tons and tons, <laughs> like world book after world book after world book.
1: <laughs> and, and I think, you know, as a warden for me, when there is so much lore, I feel a little nervous about being, you know, the game master, wardening that kind of thing, because I'm wondering, am I getting something wrong? Are my players going to say, hey, especially with Star Wars, Lord of the Rings stuff, it's like, I'm worried my players are going to say that's not accurate or that's not how the universe works. (laughs) Dune, same kind of thing. I mean, there's so much in the Dune um, role-playing book that I'm like, I had no idea this was in this setting. So one of the things I really want to encourage and I think I really like about Electric Bastion Land in particular is Electric Bastion Land kind of says, hey, this is your world now. This is not my world as the author. Here you go. And that's something I really want to invite Cloud Empress players to do as well is once you get this book, it's yours. I'm going to leave some gaps for you to fill. I'm going to leave some ambiguity for you to clarify with your players through gameplay. And, and I think that for me really allows the, the warden to have a lot more of their voice in, in the creation and and really encourage the players to bring their voice in and, and as a table kind of discuss things, figure out what this might mean and, and letting players, you know, make, making their guesses, part of the lore and the, the the history of the world you know if a player has a really neat idea or it starts role-playing something i think the book will allow to, to kind of follow along with that
0: I, I like that i appreciate that that's pretty that's, that's a good approach now we're coming close to time sure could you tell the listeners where they can find you online where they can find cloud empress and and maybe a bit about real quick probably before we end uh now, Cloud Empress, you have tell you got some stuff on itchio? So sure. can you tell us like the, the current state of the game, what's available and whatnot, and what we can expect as well?
1: <laughs> yes. Thank you. Um, so it's it's a, a work in progress game. I'm expecting to launch a, a Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign in January 2023. So right now we're recording a couple months out from that. But each month I'm going to be releasing content and that's really for folks to start to take a look at, to start to play, um, give me notes and feedback on. I really want to involve the community and the development of the game as much as possible. So as you mentioned, um, worldsbywatt.itch.io, I'm going to make sure that's the right page, but that's my itch page and that has all of the um, files for the game. I'm on Twitter at worldsbywatt and i'll be re- releasing uh, so far we've released a we i've released an introductory adventure that sort of introduces the setting with a, a unique adventure that that's work in progress that folks can check out it's about 12 to 14 pages or so and then pretty soon the next couple of days i'll be re- releasing a, a work in progress rules document that really goes through the rules hack and includes a lot of new weapons new spells a new interesting things to add to their existing mothership game or a, a great way to start the Cloud Emperor setting.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. It's been great getting a chance to talk to you.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much, Lugger. If you've enjoyed
0: what you've heard today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Crom. We're on Patreon and we could really use support. Patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.